Welcome to another fun-filled episode of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Girl McGee on the IG. You can follow this show, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. At episodes will be posted first here on YouTube every Monday and Friday. Once again, every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on YouTube. And you can catch our podcast. The schedule hasn't changed. It's every Tuesday and every Saturday at War or Anchor. Once again, every Saturday Every Tuesday and every Saturday, War on Anchor. That kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app. We're available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And that's how you access our podcast. We're on all social media platforms at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, once again, at WAR Media. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, for more details. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Well, we are unapologetically fun. Lakina, <laughs> when you look at things uh, closer than the, uh, the sign says on the car, the objects are closer than they appear. Mm-hmm. I'm referring to the uh, – Three, two, one. <laughs> We're <laughs> live, folks. I'm referring to the 2021 Chicago Cubs. <laughs> they are currently sitting at 500 as of this recording as they, are, as they are facing the Milwaukee Brewers this weekend in the friendly confines. This past week, they swept the New York Mets in three straight games. The first game they took three to one. Wednesday's game it was a rout, as Les Grobstein would say, <laughs> 16 to four. And then Thursday's classic finish in extra innings, they defeated the Mets 43 in 10 innings. Lakina, I would like to say here and now that the Cubs' offense is back, but something's holding me back by saying this is not the team that you're expected to see for the rest of the season, especially given their schedule coming up following this weekend's home series against the Milwaukee Brewers. I said this for the last couple of weeks. I accept the roster that is when it comes to the Chicago Cubs. Yes, they did what they had to do in sweeping the Mets. This team is what it is. It's a very mediocre team. They're average at best, maybe slightly above average, but I don't expect this team to dominate. Congratulations again on sweeping the Mets. I still think that the Mets will be a good team by season's end, but right now you, you're taking advantage of a wounded dog. Uh, I'm not going to throw all pom-pom saying that this Cubs – team could be a playoff team maybe shake shakes it out that way at the end but right now you did what you had to do I'm not gonna go overboard with it well look I think if you can anytime you can sweep one of the contenders of another your another division with the Mets because you know a lot of people are saying that the Mets could probably you know compete for the NL East Look, it's always, you know, good for confidence and stuff like that. Look, they scored 16 runs in the second game. I don't know what to think. I mean, 
okay, you look, it, 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 it's, it's good for, you know, morale. It's good for confidence. Look, you're going to be facing the Brewers. Look, the Brewers are not running away with the division. And like I said before, the, the one good mm-hmm. thing about the Cubs is that NL Central is still very competitive. I mean, the Cardinals, we'll talk about them in a little bit. They've had their struggles. Pittsburgh's kind of, you know, they've been kind of up and down. They're sort of back to being what the what you thought they would be. Cincinnati, you don't know what Cincinnati team you're going to get. So, I, I, you know, their they're bullpen struggling at, right now as well. So, look, I, I think for, for right now, I think there's really no way to figure out who's sort of like the contender in the NL Central. So, if you're the Cubs, you're, you're back at 500 as of, you know, this, you know, as of how we're, you know, we're recording this. But, I, I mean, look, you, you, you did what you needed to do. You, you took advantage of a team that's, of a Mets team that's, you know, that's a little banged up. You know, they've had injuries and such. You know, they had, you know, errors. You know, they had four errors in that 16-4 game round against, romp against the Cubs. And they had, mm-hmm. like, three, you know, on, on you know on Thursday's game. So you're able to kind of take advantage of, look, they're, they're manufacturing loves, runs the Cubs are. And that's something that we did not see the first week, first week, week and a half of the season. Not depend on the long ball too much. You know, you, you know, Look, you know, Contreras, you know, had like three or four home runs during the series. You know, KKB, I think, you know, had about, um, I think like about five RBIs in, in the series. And um, Baez had four in that route. And I think he had a couple more during the series. So, look, this is what you're expecting. You wanted, you know, guys, you know, that, that you're expecting to, you know, produce. And, and they're doing that. You know, Jay Hay had a... a had the walk off on Thursday to finish the sweep. So look, I'm not saying that the Cubs are sort of like the Dodgers, but again, in a division like the NL Central, look that that's that that's fine. I mean, you can you know you can look at it and say you know what maybe they might they might be be a contend for a division. Who knows? Looking into that series against the Mets, uh, the Cubs' starting picture was actually okay, maybe slightly above average. And, and looking back at Thursday's uh, sweep against the Mets, uh, Trevor Williams actually did okay. I know he struggled early to start this season, but uh, he kept the, uh, the Mets' offense at bay. Actually, the, the Mets had nothing uh, against them early. Yes, Williams got into a little bit of trouble, but he got out of it. He wasn't a problem. The bullpen for the Cubs, as we questioned going into the season, Lakina, including closer Craig Kimball, who started off hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that mental relief uh, didn't do so well as the Mets got back into the game late. They got us to some clutch hitting, as you mentioned, with Jason Hayward with a game-winning RBI in the 10th inning. Uh, that mental relief is not good for the Cubs right now, and so I don't want to panic over them too much, but uh, th- that's what happened, and they've got away with it on Thursday. Now th- they're going to have to step up against the better teams like Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Cincinnati within their division. And like I said, we'll get into the rest of their schedule come up in this next week or so in a minute. But uh, the Cubs, they-, they need to shore up that middle relief, and the offense needs to uh, click once again. Yeah. Like, I mean- like I said before, they did it against – a Mets team that's been struggling to start the year. Well, but you uh, had to show consistency against some of these better teams. Well, and also DeGrom wanted no part of that. He said, look, I'm not I'm not playing this series. Because uh, you actually supposed to have pitched on Tuesday. But he said, nope, I'm, I'm not doing it. So I'm taking the series <laughs> off. So, you know, people are, you know, people. It tells you more about him than the actual team. But yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's, another, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, look, that middle is concerning. They were able to get, you know, they got into some trouble. But they were able to get out of it. And I think that's what you want. And, and that's situation. 
situation. But look, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll see what they do. Maybe, maybe the maybe the basketball coaches have woken up. Maybe you know there are they're realizing that you don't have to depend on the home run all the time. You know, maybe finally that they're starting to kind of figure that out. So, and I think that's what you want. You know, especially these first few weeks of the season. Like, okay, what's working? What's not working? Why are we struggling? So maybe they're figuring out that okay, you may look, you know. How, go for the uh, the single and the double and such. You don't have to go for the long ball all the time. So, and, and look, I'm not look. No one's like saying that. Oh my God, the Cubs going to be right there for like the. You know, they're right there with the Dodgers. No, no, no one's saying that. But again, you know, you sweep a team like the Mets. You know that that I think will end up being pretty good. And look, I think you know these are the type of series that you can say, you know what? Maybe that'll give you know, the the team. You know, the Cubs a pep in their step. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with with. Well, along with Lakina McGee, which is, which is she, I am Cindy Brown, which is me. Uh, I can't talk today, but we'll get to <laughs> as best way we can as we talk about the Chicago Cubs and the rest of Major League Baseball. Wrap it up with the Cubs, Lakina. As as we mentioned, they are playing the weekend, a three-game weekend series against the Milwaukee Brewers as we speak at the friendly confines. Uh, following that series, uh, um, next Monday, they'll go to Atlanta for four straight games against the uh, against the Braves. Of course, we all know what happened last weekend here in Chicago against the team from the Dirty South, as the kids would say. Mm. <laughs> Following this series, they'll go to Cincinnati for three games next next Friday through Sunday. And then, of course, Monday, May 3rd, they'll face off against the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, the defending world champions, for three straight games at the friendly confines. And, of course, uh, Next Friday, not next Friday, but two weeks from this uh, from this recording, they'll face the Pittsburgh Pirates at the friendly confines for three games for that weekend. Lakina, this is the time for the Cubs to make hay against your uh, against some of these opponents. As I mentioned, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati in there, but first after Milwaukee, you got to get by the Braves. At least take two. If you could take three out of four, great. But realistically, I think they could take two games from the Braves in this series. Even though the Braves are still a good team, they are struggling to start off the year. And, of course, you have the Dodgers coming up um, uh, that, uh, that following Monday. So, and you have to make, uh, make hay against them as well, against your better team. So the, Cub- the Cubs have their work cut off for them for the next uh, week or two as yeah, we go into the month of May. Yeah, just take it one series at a time. I mean, look, these are going to be some tough series for them. And if you're – look, I think you, I think you've shown – if you're the Cubs, I think you've shown that, look, maybe we're not that bad. Maybe we're actually okay and we might be pretty good. And, you know, so I, I think, look, if you can make some hayway, split the series, don't lose any series, or if, even better, win your series, and maybe you can kind of, like, make those inroads like you said. All right, so Sid, what about okay? Let's talk about the White Sox. You know they haven't. You know the White Sox haven't played much this week, and that's nothing that because of them. It's because of Mother Nature. Um, <laughs> they were supposed to have played against the Indians to finish up that two gamer. Unfortunately, you know because of weather, they had to postpone that game. They they are doing starting a weekend series with the Texas Rangers, who've gotten to some pretty good start as we speak. So you only play, you know. Aside from that Monday game against the Red Sox, you know, where Giulio didn't have his best start and never, you know, Mercedes, you know, your Mercedes actually ended up pitching in the, in the eighth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, a tribute to CC Sabathia with a slanted cap. <laughs> yes, very, yes, very CC Sabathia with that. So, um, so you probably couldn't, you know, say too much as a Mike wasn't playing much this week. But what, what have you seen from that win that they had against the Indians? 
Yeah, as we talked about in our last episode, like, can you know, just throw the tape out of that game on uh, last Monday with the Red Sox? Uh, that doesn't mean anything. It's just another loss uh, on the schedule. As I said in the last episode, I expected the Sox to split against the Red Sox. That's exactly what happened. Now, did I expect Giolito to throw in a, a batting practice against a mediocre at best Boston team? No. I expect him to come out uh, uh, stronger his next start. I believe he starts in this Rangers series this weekend on the south side. Also, too, uh, Dane Dunning, uh, now former White Sox pitcher, he was traded for Lance Lynn in the offseason. He'll face off against Dilly's season, the opener. We'll review that in our next episode. Mm-hmm. But I, I expect the Sox to bounce back. They did that on the, in the next night this past Tuesday against the Cleveland Indians. 8-5 to was the final score. Carlos Rodon, he went back to his regular self, but – yeah, of course, he pitched a no-hitter in his previous start against the Indians. Mm-hmm. But I, ain't, I didn't expect Rodon to pitch a no-hitter against the Indians again. Of course, it was the same team that, as I mentioned, he dominated the last time. But the Indians were ready for him. He did okay. But that bullpen, hopefully, is starting to turn around. We talked about them mm-hmm. in our previous episodes. Of course, you look at Liam Hendricks, the closer. Evan Marshall is starting to turn around. Michael Kopech, who's the emergency starter because Lance Lance is currently still on the, on the injured list. He's supposed to be off soon, some, hopefully by this time next week. So the White Sox bullpen, hopefully it's starting to turn things around. But the one thing that concerns me, Lakina, take, take a look at that last number in that box score from Tuesday, yeah. the number three. What does that three represent? Uh, yes, the old errors. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, look, unfortunately, the, if you look at some of the losses that the White Sox had this year, it's because they've had – three errors. I think they have in one game, they have four errors. So they need to, they need to show up that, that fielding. And that that's been sort of the problem. Unfortunately, you can't blame Eloy. Eloy is hurt. So you can't blame him. Thank you. So I, I think people, I think White Sox fans need to kind of like, they need to clean that up a little bit if they want to kind of contend in that central division, which seems to be a little, a lot more competitive than a lot of people thought. So I think they definitely need to clean some of those things up, clean some of the, the, the fundamentals, because some of those errors were very avoidable. And mm-hmm. and uh, look at it. Unfortunately, you don't want to lose the division because, you know, you have like three, at least three errors in each of your losses or, or most of your losses. So mm-hmm. you don't want that. So I think if you're the White Sox, look, you, look, you were able to win one game against the Indians. That's pretty much all you can ask for. We'll see how you do against the Rangers. That's, that's not great, but they're, they're okay. They got some uh, good, pl- good young players. So if you're the White Sox, I think you want to have a good weekend because you got a pretty tough schedule coming up next week. I expect the White Sox to take no no less than two out of three from the Rangers this weekend. They're currently at 500 as of this recording. And the White Sox are starting to show signs offensively. Taking a look at the box score from, from Tuesday's win against the Indians, we talked about Johan Makata for the last few weeks, Lakina. Uh, he was one for five, but he picked up another RBI. He struck out three times, but he picked up another RBI on his statistics. Luis Robert. Uh, he went three for four, and so you start to see some encouraging signs for him at the plate. Uh, if only he could quit swinging at first pitches, he'll be all right, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if he can stop doing that, he'll be fine. Tim Anderson picked up another hit again. Jose Abreu, the defending AL MVP from last year, he hit two monster home runs uh, to carry the Sox towards that win. Of course, Yasmani Grandal had a dinger as well. Of course, Tim Anderson, as I mentioned, his only hit of the game on Tuesday was also a home run. Hashtag pasta party. 
party. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> the White Sox offense, as we said before, is going to uh, carry this team. They just got to shore up the, uh, the defense and then middle relief. It has to be uh, on point. Yeah, and we'll we'll see we'll see if they can clean that up because they got after Texas. Like I said, they got three against Detroit. They've got mm -hmm. three against Cleveland. Good news is all those games are at home. Then they have a mini two gamer against Cincy, and then they have three uh, you know in Kansas City against the Royals mm -hmm. and Minnesota at home, and also KC KC at home. So they got a pretty tough schedule these next couple of weeks. So. If you're the white, especially divisional opponent, most of them. Mm -hmm. So you have to make make sure you know, it, you know, get it together out there in the in the fielding and then the, the the middle relief because if you want to kind of take control of that division, especially. I expect it to be at least ten games over five hundred um, when that stretch is over, Lakina. Outside of last year when they couldn't beat Cleveland or Minnesota. What was the White Sox problem, even though they were going through uh, the rebuild the previous couple of years? They couldn't beat their opponents consistently within the division. Like you mentioned, with those teams coming up with Minnesota, that we're going to talk about more about that once that series gets – we get close to that series. But you got to take care of uh, the bums in Detroit, Kansas City, and you, you did uh, take that one game against Cleveland. So that, that was good. But you got to get on a roll here. And, and like you mentioned – on paper, the schedule's in their favor. Uh, they're starting to play more home games now as we get into the month of May. The opponents is, is not as good on paper. As long as, as, long as the Sox can stay healthy and they get some of the key guys back, like Adam Ankle, hope he'll be back soon. Lance Lynn, as I mentioned before, he'll be back soon. All the DL, hopefully this time next week. You, know, you can start uh, uh, going on a roll and build some continuity with these guys. So, like I said, the offense is picking up. They, just want the middle relief uh, to improve and hopefully you could be more consistent within your starting pitching as well. And the game two of that series against the Rangers will be tonight at 610 on FS1. So getting a little national love for the White Sox, which is always great to see. Um, let's talk about all of baseball for a second. As of this recording, the four best teams in baseball that have the best record, they're all West Coast teams. You also got the Dodgers, Giants, the A's and the Mariners. I think that last that last team I talked about, the Mariners. I think I don't think anybody expected them to have a, a pretty good record this early in the season. But mm -hmm. look, they've got a lot of great young talents, you know, in the Mariners. Not, a lot of depth there. I don't think they're going to be there until the end. But look, I think they're going to make things interesting. I mean, the A's are they've kind of got into a little bit of a role of a role and they the Giants. No one really thought the Giants, a lot of people thought this was going to be a rebuilding year for the Giants. That could still be the case. I mean, they're 12 and seven as of this recording and we'll see mm -hmm. where they're at. And of course the Dodgers are the Dodgers and look, the Padres gave their gave them their first loss of the season, which I think they needed that because they had actually swept the Dodgers already had, had swept the Padres, you know, mm -hmm. up until that point, you know, it was early in the season. So what's impressed you so far? This, you know, can, this stuff. can we go back to that Thursday night game between the Padres and the <laughs> Los Angeles Dodgers? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this guy's name correctly. Uh, uh, Krenningworth. Krenningworth or Krenningworth? Yeah, but he's, a, he's their second base. He had a yes. big double play in that seventh inning. Yep. And, of course, it was under review, and the umps got it. The replay folks got it right. I said that was the play of the game because at that point, San Diego was leading two to nothing. Of course, the Dodgers got back in the game with two solo shots. And the, and the Padres, I thought they were going to fall, especially after what happened last weekend in, in their backyard, losing 
two to three to the to the Dodgers, I should say. But they got back on their horse. They got the uh, the run back, leading three to two. That double play in the eighth inning was huge. And then, of course, in the ninth inning, uh, they shut down that Dodgers offense, including Mookie Betts, who struck out to end the game. Now, the Padres, this is the team that we all expected to see uh, at the start of the season. I know they're currently one game over 500 as of this recording. But let's see if they could keep this up against the Dodgers this weekend in that huge four-game series. As we mentioned, they took one game already. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they can uh, finish off the job uh, at Dodgers Stadium. We'll, have, we'll review that series uh, in our next episode. But I like the way the Padres responded back uh, on Thursday, especially given uh, what they went through earlier in the week against Milwaukee. Milwaukee just took it right to them uh, <laughs> in their own backyard again. So you can tell that the Padres let, uh, let that series against the Dodgers at home last weekend affect, the, affect them. You saw that in their Brewers series, but they came out on the road on Thursday in Dodgers Stadium from a hostile crowd, even though it's not fully sold out yet. We'll get to the Dodgers crowd uh, in that state of California later on in the show. I have some thoughts about that. But back to on the field, uh, the Padres responded. They didn't get down. They didn't pack it in. They fought back, and they took the uh, opening series win on Thursday on the road. Yeah, that the um they were you know that middle relief for the for the Padres were able to get out of some pretty tough you know tough spots like you mm-hmm. said that you know that Jake Cronenworth's um double play the seven that kind of like changed that was definitely a game changer no doubt about it we'll see look we'll see how they do once you know we'll talk more in depth about it on on um Mondays uh slash Tuesdays um podcast but look I, I think this is going to be definitely going to be a battle. You know, the Padres have got a lot of work to do, though. Like you said, they got swept mm-hmm. by the uh, by the Brewers, and they're 11 and 10 right now as of this recording. So we'll see if they can kind of, you know, maybe that Thursday win will probably give them some confidence, and maybe they can kind of challenge, you know, in that that weekend series. We'll see how they how they do. And I believe one of those games is on Sunday Night Baseball, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, ESPN on Sunday night. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's going to be a very interesting. Um, getting some national love, you know, which I think that's what you want, especially if you're having, you know, especially two West Coast rivals in the mm-hmm. in NL West. I think you want that to have, like, some national exposure. So to, that way folks in New York and Boston and places like that will know what the heck, you know, baseball people are talking about. So, <laughs> I think, look, I think this, this is a, a, a great step for them. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that series is once we get to that point because it's going to be very interesting, no doubt. And hopefully there will be a split because I don't want – I think it's better for baseball if – you know, both teams don't dominate. One does not at the other team. Exactly. Uh, the New York Yankees, Lakina, had a chance to catch a couple of their games this week. Of course, they won the the opening game of their big four-game weekend series in Cleveland by the score of 63. But I want to talk about the Atlanta Braves series, which they split. Uh, the game on Tuesday, they barely survived 3-1. to one. Of course, um, they're off to their worst record since 1997. As I said in the last episode, Lakina, they're going to win this division by their offense. And their starting pitching, who else is going to show up in their starting rotation outside of Garrett Cole? I know Corey Kluber they picked up in the offseason. I think he's going to do fine. But after those two, who do you have left? Uh, Tuesday's game showed that they, they started to – you thought they would start to come out of it. They wanted the old-fashioned way. But Wednesday's game against uh, Atlanta, uh, the offense went back in the tank. I know – and the Yankees manager Aaron Boone uh, shook up the lineup a little bit. He put Gio Ursella in the uh, three star spot, I believe. Uh, it didn't show too much of a results, even though they, like I said, they split against the 
Braves. They won the opening game, but uh, that offense is not good right now. And I know listening to sports talk radio in New York, the, the WFAN in particular, Yankees fans are upset. I'm not exaggerating when I say that either. So I, I, they will turn it around, and I think they'll get right this weekend against Cleveland. But my two concerns, and I think we said this uh, during our division previews, the Yankees have enough talent or offense to do it, but outside those two uh, starters that I mentioned for their rotation, who else is going to step up? And I know you got Aroldis Chapman, who was part of that 2016 World Series team with the Cubs. He's back with the Yankees now, but outside of him, who else do you have to rely on in that bullpen? They're pitching. We said it before when we did our previous, so that pitching was going to be an issue for the Yankees, mm-hmm. both the starting and the relief. I mean, Look, the offense can do so much. You're definitely, you know, there are times in games where you're going to have to, you know, depending on your pitching, especially when your offense doesn't, you know, struggles and doesn't show up. And unfortunately for the mm-hmm. in the Yankees' case, that that's, you know, unfortunately that's that's not been the case. You know, the, the we've seen the struggles that the you know, guys have had on the offenses, mm-hmm. and Judge has had his struggles, Stanton's had his struggles. So I'm 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 just I'm hoping they can get it together. The good news is that you're still very early in the season. You can kind of you know, see that maybe they might have a chance to kind of get it right. I mean, they've got time to do it, but I can understand why, Mm -hmm. you know, fans are like already freaking out or threatening to go into Hudson River, I guess, or jump off the (laughs) bridge, however you want to say it. But um, I mean, I would say, you know, talk to me by the end of, by the middle of next month. If by mid-May that they're still struggling, then you can panic. I think right now, like I said, that AL East, no one's running away with it. I mean, the Red Sox have kind of, you know, you know, kind of falling back to earth and leveled off. You know, the Rays have, you know, have had their struggles. So have the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. The Orioles have kind of fallen off. So sort of like being to the back to that that team that, you know, that we thought they would be, you know, which is not expecting much from them. So mm-hmm. I'm not worried. You know, Yankees fans should not be worried about it just yet. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown, which is me. As we now will transition to some basketball talk, let's get into the Chicago Bulls, Lakina, since we have a few minutes left in this segment. We'll get into the rest of the league in our in our next segment as we uh, preview some of the week's uh, top games, and we'll take a look back at this, the best and worst of the league from this past week. Now on to the Bulls, Lakina. They have won three of their last four games. The last four games uh, have been without their superstar Mr. Zach Levine. This past week, they ended the Celtics' five-game winning streak by defeating the men in green on the road, 102-96. And then following the uh, the next night in Cleveland, uh, they lost the, re- the revenge game to the Cavaliers on the road, 121-105. They did not show up for that one. But they did show up this past Thursday at the United Center, defeating the Charlotte Hornets, 108-91. Lakina, before he breaks uh, the, the the wins down, I want to go back to the Cleveland game. I don't know about you. Maybe this is just me overreacting. If you think I'm overreacting, don't be afraid to say so. But I know last uh, last Saturday they defeated the Cavaliers. Of course, that game also was, out, was without Zach Levine. If they thought they were just going to show up and do the same thing, go through the motions to beat a bad team, even without your superstar, you're kidding yourself. Well, and I think that's... Well, what the hell was that? Well, I, I think that's my bit what happened. It kind of looked like it beat Boston without your top, one of your top guys. You sort of like get a little springier stuff. Like, ah, you know what? Mm-hmm. Hey, we beat the old Boston, one of the top teams in the East. Like, oh, okay, we can, we know. Because 
we all go back, not going off subject here, but there were some fans that were saying, hey, we don't, you know, they don't need Zach Levine. You know, they're, 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 you know, they're, they don't need Levine, you know, the traders. But, uh, well, yeah, I think, look, the Cavs have had, you know, the Bulls number all season, even with Zach. So I, I think for people to kind of like, I think that was sort of like the high maybe from, you know, the Celtics win, I think. You know, that, that just, unfortunately, mm -hmm. that happens, especially when you're a young team still, and you kind of, you know, you don't know if your, your head's not kind of in the clouds, and you forget, oh, wait, we're, we have a, playing a bad team, and I think, you know, Sexton had one of his best games of the season, so, and, and, and look, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not freaking out about that particular game, unfortunately, that happens, the fact that they were able to bounce back from that and pretty much dominate the Hornets, I mean, Look, I think that's a pretty good spot if you're a, you're a Bulls fan. I mean, uh, bad young at 18 off the bench in that game. Kobe White's been playing a lot better. He had 18 mm -hmm. in that game. Moosevich had another double-double, had 16 rebounds along with 18 points. I mean, I'm not, you know, they, they've got you know, balanced scoring. Saddle had 10 off the bench. You know, Laurie actually contributed somewhat. They had 11 off the bench, too. So, I, 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 look, I'm not, I'm not freaking out, you know, the fact that they lost to Cleveland. Okay, look, it, it, it happens. You know, you have, a, you have a great game playing against one of the, you know, a top teams, you get a big win, and then you end up, you know, just, just sinking. Mm -hmm. And then, look, unfortunately, that <laughs> happens. It, it, it does. It happens. So, but, but hopefully this will, you know, this will, you know, extinguish all those knuckleheads on Bulls Twitter because it's always a fascinating experience to say that, well, they don't, you know, the Bulls only Zach, you know, you know, the can stay out or, or whatever. Well, but, you know. As I always say, take what people say on social media with a grain of salt. Everything's not all bad and everything's not all good either. Some people just go in there to rent and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So, as I, say, as I said before, take things on social media and the internet with a grain of salt. Everything's not true. Everything is not bad either. So people go to extremes on, on both sides. So I'll leave it at that. Going back to the game on Monday against the Celtics, looking at with that 102-96 victory, <laughs> the thing that points out to me, Lakina, and sorry for me for being a uh, hardhead Bulls fan, Bulls fan, but Larry Marketing in 19 minutes only scored nine points. That's not going to get it done. But I'm glad that Kobe White is uh, able to step up. As you mentioned, he had an, a, a great game on Thursday against uh, the Hornets, but he had another good game uh, against the Celtics uh, this past Monday, scoring 19 points, including three of eight shooting from downtown. That is young. He's stepping his game up. He scored 13. Uh, P. Will, as you call him on this show, he only had six points, but it looks like he's starting to come around as he's starting to get more playing time. Uh, Vucevic has been a stud, as we've been talking about on this program for the last month or so. He scored 29. Garrett Temple had 13. And uh, Daniel Tice, which, uh, you're going to love him as a Bulls fan. If you haven't watched him by now, you don't know what you're missing, but he grabbed six rebounds and scored six points. Lakina, I like the hustle of this team. And especially from, from Thursday's game, as you talked about before, the ball has to move when you you move the ball around, when people are moving in space instead of standing around, you get open shots. And when you get open shots, you have a better opportunity to score and knock them down. So the Bulls were create, creative in um, doing the fundamentals on Thursday against the Hornets. Now reviewing uh, those stats from Monday's win against Boston, they kept the Celtics at bay, and the Celtics really didn't know what to do. Um, they were shot just as much as we were <laughs> from the Bulls defeating them without Zach Levine. So, you know, that was a hard-fought win for the Bulls on the road on Monday. But like you mentioned, uh, you can't have 
uh, you cannot have games, uh, especially you chasing down a playoffs, but it happened like that, the, uh, the loss against Cleveland. That's hopefully the last time I mentioned that game. But uh, it, was, it, it shows the fight in this team. They bounced back with a big win on Thursday at home against Charlotte. And credit, credit to the players, but credit uh, to the head coach, Billy Donovan, and his staff as well. Yeah, because you got to think that you know, Mo Cheeks has, has done wonders for Kobe White. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like he is playing with a lot more confidence. He's playing with a lot more. Yes, there are going to be some times when mm-hmm. he dribbles too much and you, 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 you kind of freak out about that. But like I said, he's not a, really a point guard. But look, I think I think we were shocked as much as everyone else that's about, wait, they, wait, the Bulls beat the Celtics? Wait, is that score right? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody, you know, no one really saw that coming. But look, I think look, that's the type of way they can kind of, you know, build your confidence. And look, the Cleveland game, I mean, I, look, I don't know what happened with that game either. I mean, look, I think, like I said, I think it was the high from the Celt- you know, from the Celtics win, and a lot of people thought that Cleveland was going to show up, but they did. And like, like I said, that's what happened. But they were able to bounce back from, you know, in the Hornets game. And and, and look, I, look, if it ends up, look, we'll we'll talk about them in our next segment with the rest of the NBA. But the Wizards have been playing better lately. You know, they've won six in a row, so now they've got like a fight for those last couple of spots you know Indiana mm-hmm. they've been coming up and down too so I know that there are folks that say well you know the, you know, the Bulls are better off missing the playoffs at, at this point I, I I just don't believe that I think you want that experience and you want to show people that hey you know what maybe this could be a destination that I, I you know that I would want to play and I wouldn't mind playing in Chicago and playing with uh, Zach Levine and you know Nikola Vucevic and being coached by Billy Dunn and one of the most respective coaches in basketball so, because we'll get to that in a little bit, because I want to talk about like some people are freaking out about because of what the Knicks are doing and such. But again, we'll talk about that in a little you know, in our next mm-hmm. segment. But I, look, as, as for the Bulls, I mean, if you look at their schedule, I mean, look, they've got a tough one. They got a tough one against Miami, you know, this weekend, a, a, a small mm-hmm. two gamer. You know, you hope that they can at least maybe split the game or at least, you know, fight. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as they put up a fight, I think that'll be pretty good. We'll see what they do against the Knicks. You know, you know, they got Milwaukee, Atlanta, Philly, and Charlotte, mm-hmm. and Boston the next couple of weeks, and then they got Detroit, Brooklyn. We'll we'll see where Brooklyn is at that by then. Toronto, Brooklyn, and finish up against Milwaukee. I got a hangnail. I'm Kevin Durant, and I'm beefing with folks on Twitter. <laughs> oh, he's got too much time on his hands. Um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, look, that they've got a tough finish these next couple of weeks, and we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean. Oh, again, we don't know how some of these top these top teams. We don't know where they're going to be yet. And looking at some of the other teams, again, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But look, I think that this you're in a pretty good spot if you're the Bulls right now. You are, as you mentioned, it's a tough uh, two game uh, road series uh, against Miami this weekend. We'll recap that series uh, in our episodes coming up next week. But a- after that, uh, the, the schedule for the rest of the year, as you mentioned, it gets tough. And when will Zach Levine come back? We don't know. But until that time, yet you know, the players that are available, they need to keep playing hard. They need to be more consistent and not do too much out of your element. Uh, everybody, everybody has to pitch in a little bit more, as you mentioned, Kobe White, Laurie Marketing. If you're listening, you need to do more than anybody else, please. <laughs> With that being said, you know that is young. Um, Keep adding a little bit more. Daniel Tice, keep adding that energy, especially on the defensive end in the interior, which the, this team so desperately needs. And Vujicic, keep scoring inside. Uh, that's, that's definitely been a help for the Bulls. 
uh, Thaddeus Young, as I mentioned, Garrett Temple, Troy Brown Jr., who's really been a big surprise. I know he's taking a dip these last couple of games, but he's been a, a total surprise. I, I like that hustle out of that young man, so you keep that up. So, but every, it's a group effort. Everybody has to chip in. It's not impossible that this team can still make the playoffs. They, they're right there to clinch in that 10th spot, but there's still a, a long way to go. Yeah, he took, like I said, he took about three weeks left. And if you look at some of the, the scheduling of some of the other teams, you know, you look at Toronto's schedules, the, their last couple of weeks, they, look, their schedule is pretty tough, too. They've got a couple of West, West Coast Conference They play Denver and Utah on the road and both the L.A. teams, their West Coast trip. So they've got a pretty tough schedule. Washington also has a pretty tough schedule. So, look, I think it's, it's there for the taking. And, and I think that. The Bulls still have a shot to get those those you know those last two spots you know in those you know the nine ten spots. So as of right now, as of this recording, they're a half game out against the Wizards, who have been playing better. But you know, again, I, I think they're still it's still pretty doable if you're a Bulls fan. I think that's what you want to see. I know there's going to be some Bulls fans that'll say, "Well, you know, let's 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 take the rest of the season. Oh, let's you know, let's not, let's make the playoffs. It's not going to mean anything." Blah blah blah. And I hate that mindset because if you're a young team like the Bulls, you want to have look. Even if you get blown, get your doors blown off, you know, in the one of the play-ins. Okay, fine, you made it. And also, too, you can show people, look, this is a destination. Look, we are, mm-hmm. we're we're the number three market in the U.S. Look, you've got some you know great skyscrapers, some great restaurants. Now that you know things are starting to kind of get back to normal and things are sort of you know getting back into shape here, and you're you're playing at one of the, a, a beautiful arena in the U.C. You've got, like I said, you're 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 playing for one of the top you know most respected coaches in the league. You're gonna be playing with two all stars. So let's, you know, let, let's not, let's not have this defeatist attitude of like, well, you know, let's, let's trade Levine and see what we can get and let's do this and that. And then let's not try. Look, we don't know what, you know, AK and Mark obviously are thinking. And that's probably a good thing because everyone's making some silly assumptions in some cases. So let them have, make those assumptions. But look, I think I want, look, I want this Bulls team to get better. I don't want to be in that. I don't want to be Orlando. I don't want to be like Sacramento out West. I want a team that's going to be able to, in the next year, maybe two years, you know, perhaps maybe contend in the Eastern Conference. That's what I want. I don't know about you, Sid, but that's, that's, that's just my, my event and my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> Quoting the great rapper KRS-One and P. Diddy stole this phrase in the 90s. Yes, he did. Do you, don't you know that bad boys move in silence? <laughs> and I refer to Mark Eversley in in Arturis Karnischewicz. That's great. I don't need you to be in the media all the time. I don't need you to tell me what you're going to do. Excuse my broken English. I don't <laughs> want you to tell me what you're going to do, what you think of this, what you think of that. Just go on and do it. And that's what happened with this trade with Vucevic, okay? So for the people who want them to change their style or give them a heads up, as far as we know, that's not going to happen, and that's okay. Just do the job, and we'll analyze the, the transactions later. So I'll end it with that. Now, <laughs> before we close out this segment, I hate, uh, well, those who really know me, mm-hmm. I really hate repeating myself, especially <laughs> as you claim that you heard me the first couple of times. <laughs> but I'm going to do this hopefully for the last time. We said coming to this year that this season for the Chicago Bulls was a player evaluation year, correct? Tell it. Yep. Yes, sir. Now, we, I know I said they had a chance to get in that uh, play-in tournament. Okay. But since the trade was made, even before the trade, I know some Bulls fans, including yours truly, thought that this team had a realistic chance of getting into the playoffs, which is fine. 
and I know they exceeded some people's expectations. I know you were so close, you were right there. But they weren't going to go to the fourth, fifth spot with the uh, the New York Knicks and the Hornets are in those be a top bottom five of the team. Right. Right. They weren't. Gonna, they weren't going to do that. If they were going to make the playoffs, they were just going to make the playoffs. Okay. But let me just wrap it up by saying this: whatever happens for the rest of the year, it's going to be a bonus for next year, as you mentioned, Lakina. Them tanking is not going to make much sense. Okay. So I, I, I don't buy into that at all. I said it last week. I'll say it here hopefully for the final time. Tanking is not going to do anything, folks. Do, for wherever you, uh, you want to go, you go ahead to experience some sex setbacks. That's just like period. But sticking with basketball, you just don't go from point A to point C overnight. That's just not going to work. This is not the NFL. you got to have take things in process. I know – Many of you Bulls fans have been angry what happened with the last administration, with the Garpax administration for the last few years. I get that, but this new management team is going to take some time. I know some folks don't want to hear that, but it looks like as far as we know, they're, they know what they're doing, but it's still a long way to go, and there's still moves that got to have to be made. But the rest of this season is going to set up what's going to happen for the next few years, whether they make the playoffs or not. So tanking is not an option, folks. Stop it. And you know, I think the more people realize that, I think the better off I think they'll be. Because I think that there are going to be folks that are going <laughs> to say, hey, you know, take for Cunningham, Kate Cunningham, or, you know, and this guy or this guy. But look, you know, look at, at this point, look, we don't know how, is it gonna, how they're going to finish. They might, be, they might finish strong. They might finish right there in the nine or 10 spot. You know, th- there's, there's like a log jam. Again, we'll talk more about it in a little <laughs> bit in our next segment, but the, the, it's there. Why not go for it? Why not let this team have some experience? Look, some of these guys probably won't be here. Laurie's not going to be here next year. That young probably won't be here next year Woo-hoo! either. So, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no, no they're not, I, I doubt it. I doubt they're, they're, they're going to bring him back. But, yeah, I mean, at, at, at this point, look, everything else is gravy. If they could be, like, kind of right there near the 500 mark, I, I I will take it. Look, I I had expect reasonable expectations. I look, no one mm-hmm. saw what the Knicks are gonna do. Nobody thought that was coming. And look, I'll talk about that in a little bit because if people need to kind of Knicks fans need to kind of like step back for a second. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. I'm, I'm I, I will save it for later. But I'm just saying. But look, I mean, every everything's sort of there for the Bulls. They're only a half game out of that that ten spot. They're only about two and a half games out of that that nine spot. So there's still going to be a chance of, you know, who there's going to be a fight as to who's going to probably not get in those last couple of spots. And I think, look, if it's there, if you're the Bulls, if it's there for you, take it, do it, get some experience, mm-hmm. get, see, you know, show potential free, potential free agents that look, this is going to be, you know, look, we're going to be up there too. And I, mm-hmm. and I think if you're, if you're a Bulls fan, I think that's what you want. Look, I don't need AK and Eversley to have pressers every week or every other day. Like some Bulls fans, I don't want that. Do it in silence. I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care. Look, as long as you do it, look, no one saw the Vucevic trade happening. Nobody did. And that's a good thing. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. You don't know what guys they have in mind. And look, if, if they get that, you know, that top four pick from Orlando, even better. If we can get one of those mm-hmm. guys, fine. But I'm not going to lose sleep over the fact, oh, my God, they made the playoffs. We're, we're stuck in mediocrity. Stop. Look. I get very, I get very antsy when I see Bulls Twitter. Like it, it it's sort of fascinating because it's a, such a, I don't know what sports based fan bases are known, but I think the Bulls are right up there. The Bulls, their Twitter and such, 
they're up there. And I, and I think, look, look, if Zach, if Zach would be the size to test the market next after next season, okay, fine. He'll probably do that. You know, if I'm, I'm sure, look, I'm sure that Laurie's probably gone and that's fine too. But look, I think if you're, if you're a Bulls fan, you want this team to be, as long as they keep developing, as long as they keep doing their thing, I was that fan. Mic drop. <laughs> Thank you very much. With that, segment number one is in the books. On the flip side, we'll get into the rest of the association. We're calling the National, Ball, National Basketball Association the best and worst in the week that was, and we'll preview uh, uh, this weekend's games coming up, some of the key games. Also, we're going to have to uh, go into this Bears NFL draft. Lakina, we're less than a, a week away. And in our last episode, I started laughing. I'm not going to promise you I'm not going to laugh, but uh, we'll try to sort this mess out with the Chicago Bears as as they have the 20th pick in the NFL draft. Also, we'll get into maybe a little bit of hockey, the Blackhawks barely hanging on. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have to talk about the state of California and hopefully what they're doing. It won't become a trend as far as attending games. If you missed the story, we'll update you on that. Plus, we'll have a whole lot more fun. You're listening to the week to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. That's me. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the second half of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, that's SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. You can catch this podcast first on YouTube, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media every Monday and Friday. That's every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. You can catch our podcast on War on Anchor, which gets you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app. Just type in that search engine box on all podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media, and go to our website, weareregalradio.com for more details. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. Thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll kick off the second half of Second City Sports with a preview for the NBA for uh, this coming weekend's uh, key games. But before we do that, let's go to the best and worst that in the week that was in the National Basketball Association, Lakina. Before we get to your rant or the New York Knicks, let's go back to Thursday's uh, contest between the Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Dallas Mavericks got by the Lakers 115 to 110 in the first of the two-game series down there in the state of Texas. Uh, Thursday's game marked the return of Lakers star Anthony Davis, who missed the previous 30 games with uh, with an Achilles injury. He hasn't played since February 13th. In 17 minutes of action, Davis went 2 for 10, including 0 for 1 for 3-point range. He missed both his free throws and scored a total of 4 points. Lakina, looking at that game on Thursday, the Lakers did play hard, but Dallas uh, wanted it a little bit more. Luka Doncic is clearly the leader of that team. Christos Porzingis, uh, he was um, got out to a hot start, but left the game in the third quarter with a sprained ankle. Hopefully it's not that serious. They need him now more than ever. But going back to the Lakers, 
<laughs> One of the guys I, I, I said that needed to step up was Kyle Kuzma. In 31 minutes of action, he had a total of eight points. That's not going to get it done. Andre Drummond uh, had 19 rebounds, 14 points. Dennis Schroeder chipped in with 25. Catavia Caldwell Pope uh, chipped in with a team high 29 points. I did like what I saw from the rest of the guys in terms of the names that I just mentioned. But Kyle Kuzma, his statistics uh, stood out to me uh, at the end. If he would have scored 15 points, the Lakers would have won the game. Yeah, he needs As to step we up. said before, for the last few weeks, everybody needs to step up. Wes Matthews didn't even play on Thursday. Kyle Kuzma, as I mentioned, just had a bad game. Everybody else stepped up, but I think the leader of that next group is Kyle Kuzma, and he didn't step up on Thursday. He's going yeah. to total eight points. Very disappointing. Yeah, Kuzma's been inconsistent, unfortunately, since AD and LeBron have been gone, and he needs to be consistent because it's going to take some games. Look, I wasn't expecting too much from Anthony Davis. He only played the first half. You know, Sid, you said the, the, his um, stats. And, look, it's going to take him a few games to kind of get back into it. So, I think, look, Kuzma needs to step up. You know, Joe has been consistent. Uh, Schroeder has been consistent. KCP's been pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look, Kuzma needs to, needs to step up. And, you know, and, look, it's going to take some games before, eight, you know, Anthony Davis is able to kind of get back into, you know, being the mm-hmm. AD that we wanted him to be, you know, that we expect him to be. So, I think, look, it's, like I said, it's going to take – it might take another week or two before LeBron comes back. I think, look, you know, if you don't want to end up playing in the playing games, you're the Lakers, you need to step it up. You, you really do. Mm-hmm. And, look, I, look, I mean, like, I saw that game um, on Thursday with the Mavs. And, look, like I said, the, you know, like I said, the Mavs wanted just a little bit more. And, like I said, I mean, if, if Kuzma would step up, step up a little bit more, you know, be that, that, that third guy that you want him to be, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, the Lakers would be in pretty good shape. But, like I said, look, you know, the, the Mavs, I mean, they'll, like, like you said, they wanted him more. And, I'm not, look, I'm not, you know, freaking out if you're a Lakers fan right now. But, again – you know, if you want your guys to step up a little bit more and be consistent and sort of like they've been able to hold a hold down the four if they're a five seed right now as of this record or as of this recording. But if you want to kind of improve that seating, you know, you get a little bit of a they get a little bit of a break in their schedule. But I think if you're a Lakers fan, I think you want to look. They have you know the Mavs you know game tonight on that Saturday night or on ABC. So hopefully they can kind of. Kuzma will be that guy and kind of step up. We'll see how how long um, Anthony Davis plays, but hopefully they can if they if they can win that game and then sort of you know, kind of like you know sort of they'll be good for their confidence if they win that game. Going back to another game this past Thursday, uh, Philadelphia and the Milwaukee Bucks faced off against each other uh, in in Milwaukee at the Five Serve Arena. The Bucks dominated that game uh, pretty much the whole way. Lakina. I don't want to overreact uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers either. I know they've been dealing with injuries throughout the whole uh, season. I know Shake Milton led the team with 20 points. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo led Milwaukee with 27 as part of a 124-117 victory. I don't, I'm not going to overreact to Philadelphia. Uh, there are 19 games over 500 that still tops in the Eastern Conference. Uh, uh, Joel Embiid had a good game with 24 points, but uh, he struggled defensively and he struggled uh, from the three-point line. But I, I'm still a believer in the Philadelphia 76ers. I think Doc Rivers is the right head coach. I don't think he's going to get coach of the year because he's doing what many people expected him to do. But I'm going back to the flip side with Milwaukee. Okay, you, you take care of business on national television against a better opponent. 
I know you have, quote-unquote, two tough guys now, Bobby, Bobby Portis and P.J. Tucker, but outside of those two, do I really trust this team come playoff time? And my answer is still no. Even though they do have a better roster compared to the last couple of years when they had their chances to at least go to the finals and they get mm-hmm. it done, they had their window. It looks like it's going to be closed. I know Giannis signed that deal before the season uh, kicked off, but I, I still don't believe in this team. I, I, I'm, I'm rolling my eyes at them and saying, unless you do something <laughs> different. I don't care about you. I don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, you know, Porter's had 23 off the bench. That's probably a, that's a season high for him. And, and, and look, I'm not – look, I think if you're the Sixers, I mean, yeah, you know, Embiid had his struggles. Danny Green did not score any points. <laughs> he struggled from the field, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not worried if you're if you're a Sixers fan. I think you shouldn't be worried, okay? Look, you're still the mm-hmm. number one seed in the East right now, and I, I'm not – like you're not freaking out because you lose to you lose to Milwaukee, okay, whatever. But mm-hmm. if you're the Bucks, I think this is more of a you know you needed that game more than the Sixers did. It is just my my synopsis of it. And and mm-hmm. look, and we'll see if they end up meeting again in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, look, it'd be great. But but again, like I said before, I mean, I'm not look, I'm not like really pay attention to the game. Like I kept my eye on it, but I'm like, okay, yeah, you're one by seven. Okay. whoop de doo Okay. Yeah. The Sixers are still a number one seed right now in the East. So I'm not like, mm-hmm. look, look, Embiid had his struggles in the field late and, and, and look, it, 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 it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, I'm not, look, I'm, I'm not like one of those folks like, Oh my God, like this and that. I'm not, look, I'm not thinking about that right now. Let's do this in the playoffs. They mean the playoffs. That's where it counts. And, and speaking of Philadelphia, let's go back to the night before um, this past Wednesday. It was a matchup between two MVP candidates in my mind, Joel Embiid and Chris Paul. Of course, the Suns got out of Philadelphia with a 116-113 victory. Chris Paul led Phoenix with 28 points, eight and uh, three rebounds and eight assists. Joel Embiid uh, scored a game-high 38 points to grab 17 rebounds. Looking, I did check out some of this game via my computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, the Suns uh, – uh, scored a little bit more than the, than the Philadelphia did down the stretch, especially in that fourth quarter. I was scoring Philadelphia by two, but 39 fourth quarter points in, in most leagues, including the NBA, that's what's going to uh, get it done. Phoenix is right up there, folks, at the top of Western Commerce. We talked about them for the last couple weeks. Uh, they were there before LeBron James uh, injured his bum ankle. Uh, they were there before Donovan Mitchell was injured just last week with the Utah Jazz. So, I'm not saying Phoenix is going to go all the way to the NBA Finals, but people should not overlook them come playoff time. And I'll say this again, too, on this show, Monty Williams uh, should be the, uh, your leading head coach, leading candidate for head coach of the year. And look, remember Embiid had like that huge, you know, like circuit shot that was this close to going in. So that's a, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, that was a fun game to watch. And, and, and look, I think, look, CP3 had, eight, had 28 points. And, look, I think he should be up there in the, in the MVP discussion. That's just me. And, and look, I, I think he's been a huge difference for that team, you know, kind of like bringing in that veteran presence. Like we, we, like we were talking about the last few weeks, Devin Booker's been playing mm-hmm. better. Um, Mikael Bridges has been playing a lot better. You know, DeAndre Ayton, you know, had, you know, 10, you know, had some big points late. And, and, and look, I think for me, you know, Cameron Johnson had had 15 off the bench for them. So I, I think, look, this could be very interesting to see what, what they do and what they, um, what they do kind of like throughout the rest of the, uh, rest of the, um, rest of the season. Cause they've got to look, they look, the, the, the Suns, if they have no win like this on the road, I think can only help confidence wise. Mm-hmm. And, and, and look, like I said, like, like no one's saying that this is going to be like the finals preview. Nobody is saying that, but 
look, I think the Suns are showing you, like, yeah, look, you better, you better know it's us too. I know, yes, yes, you know, yes, Utah's playing well, both the LA teams and, you know, Denver, and we'll get to them in a minute, but, you know, mm-hmm. but Phoenix is deserving of, you know, being kind of up there with them. And let's stay with uh, another key game from this past Wednesday's action. You mentioned the Denver Nuggets. They defeated the Portland Trail Blazers on the road, 106-105. to uh, Damian Lillard set out the previous game. He came back in this one, scored 22 points. Nikolai Jokic, who should be a top-two candidate for MVP, he scored a, ga- a game high at 25 points, grabbed nine rebounds. Uh, Lakina, I like this Denver Nuggets team. Of course, I've been uh, preaching about Jamal Murray the last two or three years. Of course, he's out with a torn ACL. He'll miss part of next season, I'm sure, as well. Thank goodness for Eric Gordon, but uh, Denver is a tricky team come playoff time, and we'll see about that once the playoffs actually start. But I was impressed about the way that they played down the stretch. I know they picked up Doc Rivers' son, Austin Rivers, for a 10-day contract. He might just stay on for the rest of the year. We'll see what happens there. But I like the way that Denver played on the road uh, this past Wednesday. They really showed what a what a playoff team really is. Portland, I, you know, I really like Dame Dollar. I really like that team, but it's just something It's just not right there. And and, uh, and if, you, if you're Portland, uh, you're in danger of playing in a playing tournament for the second straight season. And I know you don't want that, especially what happened a couple of years ago. You were real close again to the finals. We'll see how this Denver team does in the playoffs. I think that's going to be sort of the thing. I mean, you know, Look, look. I mean, your 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 kitsch, you know, only had eight. Nurkic only had eight points for the Blazers, and and you know, McCall only had fourteen. And I think, and, and like I said before, I think for me, it's 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 going to be very interesting to see how they how you know Portland. Portland, unfortunately, they've had their struggles lately, and mm-hmm. I, I think that more guys need to step up. You know, in case you know Dame has a bad game, or if McCollum has a has a bad game. You know, you know Carmelo can only do so much in his you know. 30, he's 36 now. We can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Now, as for, as for Denver, you know, thank goodness for Aaron Gordon because who knows what this Denver team would be if not for Aaron Gordon kind of picking up the slack. I mean, Will Barr's been, been, you know, playing very well. Michael Porter Jr.'s been playing pretty well. Compazzo's been playing pretty well, too. Sort of like in replacement with um, Murray. They're doing a, they've been doing like a three-forward system. But, again, we'll see what they do in the playoffs because I'm thinking that not having Murray – because remember, he was sort of like that guy, you know, you're, yeah, yeah, you know, Jokic was sort of like the guy too, but Murray was mm-hmm. sort of the guy during the, um, that, that, um, that bubble. And I think not having him there is going to come back to bite him in the Nuggets' rears. Yeah, we shall see what, what the future holds for the different Nuggets. A couple more games to review for you guys before we preview this weekend's games. As we talk to you right here on the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Ms. LaKena McGee, I am Sydney Brown. A couple of games from this past Tuesday, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the MASH unit, uh, they got by the Pelicans 134-129. to Zion Williamson quietly is having a good year. Uh, First-time All-Star, he had 33 points. Kyrie Irving had 32 points for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kyrie takes over down the stretch for the Brooklyn Nets. If it wasn't for his performance, uh, the Nets would be all, would be in more shambles than what they already are right now, dealing with injuries. And the, as we mentioned a, a few minutes ago, the Portland Trailblazers, they're on the current losing streak uh, in front of a national uh, TNT audience. Uh, they lost by one to the Clippers uh, this past Tuesday. Of course, as I mentioned, Dame Dollar didn't play. He sat out that game. CJ McCollum led Portland with 28. Paul George finally showed up with 33 points in 11 rebounds. Kawhi Leonard sat out 
this game for the Clippers. So um, Clippers, as we mentioned before, Likina, uh, time and time again on this show, uh, they're sitting quietly as one of the top teams in the league. Is this finally year they could get it done? Do you think Paul George might actually show up in the playoffs this time? Uh, we'll have to see, I guess, right? I mean, unfortunately, yeah. that that's sort of the thing. You know, that's that's kind of like we're we're we haven't heard a peep about what the Clippers have not been doing or have been doing. You know, they've been winning, and that's probably a good thing for them. And look, that was a that was another you know tough loss for the Blazers. I watched some of that game too, and look, PG made some you know key free throws. You know, you know whether or not you can say that was a foul, that I think that's another that's mm-hmm. another story. But look, I think. Unfortunately for the Blazers, again, they're kind of missing that key piece, and I think that's been sort of the problem for them the last few. Uh, that and injury, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what they can do in the playoffs. Um, going back to that um, Nets-Raptors game for a second, that, that was just like, look, you know, Harton's still out with that injury. It turns out it's gonna, he's going to be out a little longer than they thought, and, you know, if enough, you know, KD's, you know, not being able to shut his mouth, and he, I think he's bored. So, I think, <laughs> I think look, I don't want to say that things are kind of going off the rails for the Nets. You know, we'll see because they got some tough games coming up, but I, I, I just I just don't know what to think about this Nets team. I know people are saying it's going to be championship or bust for them, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, again, we got, we got about three weeks left in the season, three, three and a half mm-hmm. weeks left in the regular season, so – We'll see what they can do. I mean, but look, it's good. Like, well, as we preview these games coming up this weekend, this is kind of be sort of, you know, some big, some big things might be happening. Yeah, let's highlight some of the key games for this weekend coming up in the National Basketball Association. We'll start with Saturday's games, which is today. Uh, ESPN early afternoon doubleheader at high noon. We'll have the Toronto Raptors against the New York Knicks there on our current winning streak. Uh, Lakina. Julius Reynolds leading the team with 23 and a half points per game. I know he's been playing off his mind over the last week or so. Shout out to Chicago's very own D Rose. He's averaging near 20 points these last six, seven games. It's nice to see him with a um, renaissance type of a season ever since getting traded away from the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I know you, you teased us in the last segment. He had a mini rant about the New York Knicks. Let America and New York City and the world have it. Well, it's not really a rant per se. I, I, because I've been hearing like some people say that well, the Knicks might be, you know, that they might be in competition for the Bulls for free agency. Look, they've won. Look, they've won eight in a row, and that's fine. Julius Randle mm-hmm. will probably end up, end up getting most improved player, you know, and then he deserves it. Look, everything he's. Do you doing- think he should be a, a not to cut you off, but do you think he should be a dark horse candidate for MVP? Well, I think for me, you know, he hasn't done it all year. He kind of did like maybe like in January. He's kind of been steady ever since. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He could probably have finished in the top 10, but I don't have that in the top five yet. So mm-hmm. I know, you know, everything he's done, you know, and he deserves it too. You know, I think he's definitely finally, you know, lived that potential that we all saw when he came out of Kentucky. But, but again, I, I mean, look, we've seen this before with Coach Tibbs, right? Their teams mm-hmm. play well for like the first couple of years and, you know, guys' legs start falling off and, you know, people start struggling in the, in the play. Look, we don't know how this team is going to do in the playoffs. We don't. And I think people need to kind of like chill out for a second, just let the season play out before mm-hmm. people start saying that, well, you know, well, you know what, you know what, they might, they might challenge the Bulls. I don't know how the, how the Bulls got all of a sudden got brought up into this, but some people say, well, the Bulls, <laughs> they, might, they might compete against the Bulls for a free agency and, and blah, blah, blah. Look, I, 
look, look, I mean, like I said, we've seen this movie before with Tiz. Let's hope that no one's, nobody's legs falls off, you know? So I'm, I'm not, look, I, I admire what the Knicks are doing. And uh, yeah, I know Zion, what Zion said, oh, I would love to play in New York City or, you know, Madison Square Garden. It's just something about it. Oh, oh okay. That's fine. Cool. I'm not, <laughs> look, I'm not, look, I'm not going to like, oh, okay. Yay. Okay. For you. Look, I would like <laughs> to go to Madison Square Garden and, and, and watch a game there. That's fine. But look, the Bulls are going to be my number one team through and through. But again, I think people are freaking out over nothing. <laughs> so let's, I think, let's let the season play out. I mean, they might lose in the first round of the playoffs. I don't know. We don't know how this team's going to do. We don't know. Look, God forbid someone gets hurt or Verano gets hurt again. I don't, look, I don't know. But again, I think people need to kind of like chill out for a second because, you know, it's, it's really starting to like annoy me. It's not really a rant. It's more, sort of like a vent and I'm done. Go ahead, Sid. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Back to you. Uh, fo- yeah. Uh, following that game on Saturday on the ESPN at 2.30 p.m. Chicago time, it's the Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, we're concluding their two-game series. Of course, the Sixers are trying to look for revenge from Thursday night's loss. Milwaukee is trying to keep up with them in the standings. Uh, at 7 o'clock, well, of course, we'll have the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat from South Beach. Uh, at the same time, we had the old sneaky San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. They'll travel to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. Both those teams trying to fight for that playing tournament spot. And, of course, at 7.30 on ABC is the rematch between the Lakers and Mavericks. Let's see if the Lakers can get revenge from the loss on Thursday. And we'll wrap up with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Utah Jazz at 8 o'clock. Even without Donovan Mitchell, let's see if the Jazz can take advantage against a bad team. And Minnesota's pretty scrappy, too. The Bulls know how, how that feels about that. Um, yep. Going into Sunday's um, matchup, which is tomorrow, for those of you who are going to be listening to this, on Anchor and Google and all the other audio you know, streaming services, um, Boston and Charlotte. I mean, I know Charlotte's going to want their revenge after losing, you know, pretty badly to the Bulls. You know, they've got a game against Cleveland mm-hmm. before that, but we'll see how they do there. That should be an interesting one. And also the 231 is probably the game of the day there. Phoenix and Brooklyn, you know, we'll see who's going to be playing for Brooklyn and we'll see if yeah. can, <laughs> we'll see if Phoenix get another, another big win against the Eastern Conference team. One of the top teams in the East, I should say. Yeah, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a preview of the NBA Finals, but this should be fun. It'll be much better if all the Nets superstars will be playing. But like I said, who's going to play for the Nets? They're the match unit of the league right now. At 3 p.m., we'll have the Grizzlies taking on the Portland Trailblazers uh, from the Rose Garden, from the Rose City, I should say, John Moran versus Damian Litter. Lillard, in a 6.30 p.m. power, the NBA TV doubleheader, we'll have Milwaukee at Atlanta, and followed by, at 9 o'clock Chicago time, Sacramento at Golden State. Sort of a little thing to go back and forth, you know, if you're if the, if the Oscars are boring or if you're, you're not into it this year, these are some, a nice little programming alternative, you know, so a little, some NBA hoops, some fun Yeah, Yep, yeah, and we'll wrap up with, um, with Monday's uh, games. At 6 o'clock Chicago time, we'll have the Atlanta Hawks traveling to Detroit to take on those ugly Detroit Pistons. Of course, mm-hmm. Atlanta is missing Trey Young. He injured his ankle on Wednesday night's overtime loss at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. Uh, at the same time, we'll have the Lakers uh, starting their, uh, to continue their road trip. This time, they'll go to uh, Orlando to take on the, the Magic. Mm-hmm. 
at 6.30 p.m. on NBA TV, we'll have Phoenix uh, playing in Madison Square Garden against the New York Knicks. At 7 o'clock, of course, we'll have the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat wrapping up their two-game series from South Beach. At 7 o'clock. Yeah, at 7 o'clock, we have the Clippers and Pelicans. Just mentioning that uh, game. That should be a fun mm-hmm. one. And then, the, yep, 8 o'clock, we have Memphis at Denver. I'm really looking forward to that one. Should be a lot of fun. And at 9 o'clock on NBA TV, wrapping up their doubleheader coverage will be Dallas at Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento got the best of them last week in Dallas. Yes, they uh, did. Can Dallas return the favor? Revenge, revenge will be on their yes. minds. And so... That is your um, NBA. Well, actually, one more thing before we move on. Um, do you think Steph should be in the um, discussion for MVP, Sid? <laughs> uh, as we mute that down, you sneaky bums, um, <laughs> since they don't speak for us. Um, should he be he, – like, he's, maybe he's a couple of spots ahead of Julius Randle, okay, outside the top five. But should he be in the top five? No. If Golden State was like seven or eight games above 500, maybe you can uh, give Seth Curry a little bit more love. But this is what we expected from this Warriors team all year. Looking, I said they stay healthy, they'll have a chance to make the playoffs, perhaps maybe escape the play-in tournament. But this is who they are right now, and Steph is having a phenomenal year. If this, there was a work award for a Player of the Year, as LeBron James said mm-hmm. <laughs> a few years ago. Uh, then I would give it to him, but he's not—he's not a top three candidate, not this year. Yeah, only because of the team's record. Yeah, I don't think so. He's probably like six or seven, definitely. And look, he should be commended mm-hmm. for some of the stuff he's done. Like you said, he's thirty-three now. The fact that he's still shooting the ball, and you know, the fact that he's still shooting as good as he is at a high level. You know, it came to you know, his eleven-game streak of scoring at least thirty points came to an end a couple of days ago. But look. I mean, like, I think he should be definitely be uh, applauded for what he's doing. And, but like you said, Sid, I think he'll, he's probably going to seven like the top six or seven. But again, if the Warriors record was a, was a little bit better, they were like in the top four or five, then maybe I can see him getting some consideration. But unfortunately, since they're not, he probably won't. So he'll get his votes regardless. But he should definitely be applauded for what he's been able to do with that 33. All right, let's move on to <laughs> the NFL draft as we, uh, as you're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Miss Lakina McGill, who is she? I am Sidney Brown. That's me. Okay, Lakina, the Bears hold the 20th pick in this year's 2021 NFL draft. Uh, uh, there's been talk for throughout this whole offseason. Should they take a left tackle? Should they take a quarterback? Will GM Brian Pace trade up? from that spot to get a quarterback? Uh, will they draft a wide receiver at that spot, which I sincerely doubt? Uh, will they – and now it's talk that maybe they'll draft a, a, a defensive edge rusher. Of course, uh, looking at NFL.com, uh, Charles Davis, who's now also an analyst for CBS uh, Sports, uh, he has the Bears selected with that 20th pick, Gregory Rosu, an edge rusher out of Miami uh, – of the University of Miami. The Tyrant pass rusher didn't quite perform up to expectations at his pro day, but yeah. his play speed is evident and his upside is extensive. As we talked about before, Lakino, of course, Roy Robinson Harris, uh, he signed a free agent deal with the Jacksonville. We know Eddie Goldman, the, the nose tackle, is coming back. Uh, the Bears do need some depth with the, uh, with the defensive line. Yeah. In my personal opinion, uh, you can get that uh, in, um, in the later rounds of the draft, but 
I'm it going in, in my assumption that the, the Bears starting quarterback will be Andy Dalton. <laughs> you need a left tackle with that first pick, assuming that you don't trade out of it. I, I find it fascinating that all these, you know, I love all these mock drafts because it's just hilarious. <laughs> uh, ah, hush. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I find it fascinating that, you know, you're seeing all these mock drafts, you're seeing all these rumors. I guess, I guess the latest rumor now is that the Bears will probably – you know, they may, you know, they might trade up to put, you know, to get a quarterback. I think one of the mock drafts I just saw from the most recent ones, they said they may trade up to get <laughs> Trey Lance. <laughs> oh, my God. It's hilarious. I can't. Can we go, <laughs> can we go back to 2017, folks? You played Ryan Pace, Lakina, I played John Lynch. Okay. Gotcha, trick. <laughs> oh, 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 you got me, John. You got me. <laughs> and, and they did. And, and look, I, I find it you know, hilarious that they there is some drop drafts. You know, some of the mock drafts, Dale Jeremiah, which I'm looking, what I'm looking at, who does great work also, too, from the NFL mm-hmm. Network. He's also a scout. He has them taking Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. You know, did very well for Minnesota, even though they, you know, the team didn't really do too well as you know, as a lot of fans thought they would be. But he had a great year leading the team in receiving yards. But you know, again, I mean, they need a, they need an old lineman. You know, I think the kid from um, OK State, he was all Big Twelve team. I forgot his name, but that that's name that's you know, that was sort of like the consistent name of Minnesota. After if they go O line. You know, do they go with the wide receiver? Do they go with the edge rusher? Like the the, you know, the kid you just said from Miami. Mm-hmm. Do they trade up? I don't. I don't think they'll trade up. <laughs> I just don't see that happening. <laughs> they don't have. They don't have the capital for it to do that. So, do they do? Some people said, should they should you know pace trade down? You know, maybe they could, could trade down and try to see if they get more picks. I don't know, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I just can't. I just can't. I mean, I, I'm just like. I, I hope we get somebody to come on either Monday or, you know, fr- well, maybe maybe not Friday since the draft will still be going on. But hope we can get somebody on Monday to sort of, like, break this down and sort of laugh along mm-hmm. with us because I'm just, I'm just tickled right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tickled, I tell you. Tickled. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know, uh, I, don't think, I don't think Ryan Pants will make that mistake again to trade up, especially for a quarterback. You saw what happened the last time. But – you have options, but the, the, this team has so many pressing needs. And, and you, th- you think we were talking about a 5-11 and 11 team, folks. They were a playoff team last year, but the way they played, especially down the stretch, you thought they were a 5-11 and 11 football team. But a couple of things. One, this is what happens when you don't have a franchise quarterback. And number two, you have other holes that you cannot fill via free agency, so you have to go through the draft. And I – the, the – do you are you feeling comfortable even though all the all the bodies that were injured on the offensive line last year will be back healthy this year? Are you feeling comfortable with your starting offensive line right now? No. Uh, so whoever the Bears pick, they need an impact player, and I still think they can go get a tackle. I know this is supposed to be a draft full of offensive tackles. Okay, if the person that you want is the best available at the at that pick on the board, then you go ahead and take them. And I'm looking at Charlie Carsley's uh, Mike draft board from uh, NFL.com, and he mm-hmm. has the Bears selected Greg Newsom, the second out of Northwestern. He, uh, he's pretty good, and I got, I got the reason why uh, Charlie Kessley, uh, uh thinks that Greg Newsom will be a big fit for the Bears because here's his words. The departure of Cal Fuller created a void in the defense. Newsom is a versatile corner with good size and speed who could fill, fill it in on the back end. 
And trust me, that's what the Bears need. I don't know if you if you can use the number 20 pick on a guy like that. If he's the best available, if you're looking for him in that spot, okay, go ahead. But I think you can find those in the later rounds. You found Eddie Jackson. I don't know who, who's the safety, but you found him in the fourth round. Well, yeah, and also, too, Daniel Jeremiah um, actually has him pick, then also taking news from also, that, was, that was Peter Stragler's, Stragler's um, you know, pick the hat with the overshot Bateman from Minnesota. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I think that the mindset's going to be, you know, who's going to be that guy? Gregory Wasu, who you just talked about, you know, he, you know, Daniel mm-hmm. actually has him going to the Dolphins, staying in Miami. Mm-hmm. Go figure with that. So, and look, like I said, I mean, they can pretty much go anywhere. I mean, um, Tevin Jenkins, that's a guy who I was talking about, the old the, the tackle from OK State, you know, all Big 12. Um, that's sort of the guy. If he's still there, I think they should go that route because mm-hmm. the tackle and you need a tackle. You never have too many tackles. So I don't, I, I honestly don't know what to do here. They got the you old know, Jeremy, you know, Mr. Jeremiah's got him going to Pittsburgh, which mm-hmm. they need, they need O-line help too. So, you know, that's definitely going to be, he's definitely going to be a sought after guy in the first rounder. In the first round, I should say, I mean, I love this time of year, Sid, because I'm looking at all these mock drafts, and they, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure like half the time they see these guys are pulling names out of their butts, you know, within some of these cases. <laughs> it seems like the only, okay, there are only two conclusions that we can say. The top, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to go to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson from BYU is going to go to the Jets. After that, it's going to be where the real, when the draft really starts. I, I don't know how you have, how do you feel, Sid, but I don't think the Niners are going to go with Mac Jones. I don't. I, I look at him and I see um, Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0. That's just my opinion on him. I think, look, I think, I know, look, I know it, 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 it's come out that um, Justin Fields said he suffers from seizures, athletic seizures. But look, you know, there have been guys that have been, you know, that have, you know, suffered from seizures that played, had great mm-hmm. careers. So I can see him going there. Maybe they go on Trey Lance. I mean, Atlanta. I was just getting to ask you, do you think the 49ers will go to, go to Trey Lance? I, I think, think that's so. a really a possibility if that's they don't probably, select May Jones. Yeah, I think that's probably either him or Fields. I think those are probably the two, you know, they might do. Look, look, look I think Lynch, John Lynch has shown that he's actually pretty good at this. So we'll see what he does. Kyle Pitts, you know, that he's a sought after tight end, you know, that's going to be a guy that's going to be a, a name that's going to be looked out for, too. Also, Jamar Chase from LSU. You know, some people said they may mm-hmm. they may reunite him with Joe Burrow. So, you know, who knows? But, they look, the Bengals need O-line help, too. So, mm-hmm. we'll we see. We told you this last year, folks. Yeah. So, uh, what what's your sort of, like, early synopsis? You know, we'll go more in-depth next week, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this is sort of like our kind of, like, because we haven't really talked about it yet. So, sort of like yeah. our opening synopsis. Yeah, our warm-up. Yeah, our rough draft. For those of you yes. that went to school and did work back in the day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pay attention to the Atlanta Falcons. I know some people had in their mock drafts early in this offseason for them selecting a quarterback. I think what they do is going to set up what's going to happen for the rest of this first round. Because Matt Ryan, who I thought personally could be a good fit for the Bears, said the Falcons would have cut him. Obviously, they're not going to do that now. But if the Falcons select a quarterback, whether it's Trey Lance or Justin Fields, I know Justin Fields was on everybody's list for the Falcons early in this offseason. But if the Falcons select a quarterback, this really going to set some things in motion. You may see some training up, training down. And that what, tell, what that tells me is Matt Ryan is on – is on his last leg, as a Falcons quarterback. I know they hired a new head coach, but if they select Justin Fields or Trey Lance or whoever, that tells me that Matt Ryan's days are numbered as an Atlanta Falcon. They're eventually going to move on from him, especially with the new coaching staff. And after that, it's going to be a free-for-all. So 
keep your eye on the Atlanta Falcons. Also, to New England, a lot of people say they may go quarterback. They may try to trade up and go for quarterback. Do they go with a linebacker because they need defensive guys? Yes, they're going to have a lot of their defensive guys back, but a mm-hmm. lot of them are a year older, and you don't know what shape they're going to be in since they didn't play last year. They opted out a lot of them, so be interested to see what they do. Also, be interested to see what Arizona does right after them at 16. They could go mm-hmm. wide receiver, maybe Jalen Waddle, maybe. Or maybe they go mm-hmm. with Greg Newsom, who seems to be like the hot name on the board from Northwestern. I know Pat Fitzgerald's got to be pretty happy about mm-hmm. that. Definitely deserves mm-hmm. it. He was all Big Ten, so he definitely deserves the praise. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. So I can't wait for it. Like I said, well, hopefully we'll have somebody to come on and kind of talk more in depth, especially with the Bears. But it's sort of like our, our kind of like the appetizer, if you will. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one heck of an appetizer. Just a couple more teams to hit on quickly, Lakina. Uh, what do you think the Denver Broncos will do at number nine? There's been t- some talk about them oh, trying to gosh. move up to grab one of the quarterbacks. Uh, I know Drew Locke uh, hasn't looked good in the Denver Broncos uniform the last couple years. I know he has had his moments, but if you're John Elway, you, you struck out so many times to trying to find that guy to replace Peyton Manning. It hasn't worked out since. You haven't been to the playoffs since you won that Super Bowl now six seasons ago coming up. <laughs> Do mm. I trust John Elway to make a – a Ryan Pace type move. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, look, could, could he? I mean, sure. I mean, they, they could, I've seen it. I mean, they could probably, I know that he really likes Trey Lance. That's you know, for what I've heard. Also, they like, he likes, he likes Mac Jones too. So I'd, it'll be interesting to see because he kind of sees a lot of himself in him. So we'll, I don't know what, we'll see what he could do. I mean, they, they could go O line because that's what they need. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they may try to trade. You know, they may, you know, Detroit says they're willing to, you know, to get, to get out. So, they're willing mm-hmm. to trade, so we'll see what they do. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to see what they what they do with the what Denver does. I mean, you kind of wonder, you know, Vic Fangio again. What is he kind of like on thin ice there? Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps he's going to his third year. You know, in the NFL, if you don't win in your third year, you're out of there. So, so I could probably see them going quarterback. Who else do you? Who else you know, is a team that people should look looking out for? The Green Bay Packers, <laughs> as, we, <laughs> as we mentioned last year. Uh, they drafted Jordan Love out of Utah State. Of course, he's a project as of now. Aaron Rodgers, if he, is he on his last year uh, with Green Bay? The reason why I say, say that is because are you finally going to get a wide receiver? Maybe not with your first-round pick, but I don't know the, how many picks they have in the later rounds. But will you finally uh, get that star wide receiver to help out Rodgers, especially if you think this is last year in the green and gold uniform? That'll be interesting though. See, so see them. People say that they might trade up, perhaps, maybe they may, you know, may trade up a little bit to kind of get the quarter. The quarter, um, Caleb Farley. You know, remember him? He decided mm-hmm. one of the first, one of the first, like top guys who decided not not to play this past season. You know, he's been keeping himself in shape. You know, he actually had mm-hmm. a back procedure, so you know he might fight that fall down a little bit. Some people thought he was maybe top ten, but since he had the back back procedure and he didn't play, some people were saying that that could probably affect him, but. We'll mm-hmm. see if they go corner. Um, I yeah, I could. It'll be, you know, the packs are always fascinating to see what they do here because they have not. You know, I think they will. You know, since there is a lot of wide receiver depth, I think I, think I could kind of see them going wide receiver. Maybe not in the first round, but perhaps definitely in the later rounds. Um, one more team for me, Baltimore. They need a wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, and look, Bateman could probably end up going there. 
when the Baltimore goes, you know, we could all, Lamar Jackson could always, you know, show some weapons. Also, Jason Oway from Penn State, he's the edge rusher there. They may go defense. I, I don't know. But, you know, he, he wasn't very productive last year for Penn State. So he didn't do very well in their pro day. So mm-hmm. that's, that's in, course, sort of a name that's kind of like people should looking out for. But it'll be interesting to see what they do because I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm fascinated to see what they do. You got anything else before we, um, you know, put a capper on this? Oh, yes. Uh, one last subject. Actually, a quick shout out to the Chicago Blackhawks and a great come from behind win on Wednesday in front of a national television audience. I'm sure like five people saw it outside of Chicago market <laughs> as the Blackhawks defeated the Nashville Predators in a 5-4 in overtime thanks to Brandon Hagel's uh, game-winning goal in overtime. Of course, the Hawks are barely uh, hanging on to a, a playoff spot. They actually trail um, Dallas and Nashville, uh, I think about three or four points as yeah. of this recording for that last spot in the playoffs in that uh, newly uh, central, quote unquote, central division this year. So yeah. <laughs> we'll get more into them in our next episode because I have a, a little more things to say about them. Uh, they'll play Nashville again this weekend. We'll recap that game somehow, some ways <laughs> on our <laughs> next episode. But uh, going, uh, wrapping up uh, on our last subject, Lakina, I was listening to our. Uh, good buddy Nick Hamilton, a friend of the show at Nightfall Media. That's N-I-T-E uh, Fall uh, Media. Check it out. Uh, you can hear. Yes, uh, he's a frequent guest on uh, Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete's show on AM five seventy LA Sports. That's on the iHeart Radio app. You can catch this show podcast out on iHeart Radio along with our other podcast platforms. W A R R on Anchor. I was listening to that show on uh, from Thursday. Uh-huh. And they were they were talking about how now things are opening up for fans to go uh, into the stadiums in California. Um, we mentioned before uh, Los Angeles was a hot spot towards the end of last year going into this year. Now things are starting to turn around. Fans are allowed to go to games at Staples Center for Lakers and Clippers and LA Kings hockey team. And, of course, the Honda uh, Center for the Anaheim Ducks. Of course, Dodgers Stadium is open for the Dodgers fans. And... Anaheim Stadium is opening up for Angel Stadiums open up for Anaheim Angels fans or whatever the hell they call themselves these days. They got like four mm-hmm. or five names. <laughs> but um, I was listening to, to something that disturbed me. Of course, the rule is as of right now that to attend uh, the games uh, uh, in the Los Angeles area, you need to show a proof that you were vaccinated or a negative COVID test. You have to show one or the other uh, of course, pay your ticket to enter into these games. Now, at Dodger Stadium, they are developing a section called vaccinated uh, section for fans who are who are vaccinated. So they're going to assume they're going to sit close together, breathe up all of each other, and whether per, other person that coming that comes from that, we don't know. But I was listening to Fred Rogan, and he pointed out something, and I think Rodney Pete. Uh, ask this question, what is this opening up to? We all know that vaccination sites are rolling up uh, as we speak all across the country as people are getting vaccinated with one shot or the two shot uh, vaccinations. I think as of this recording, close to 50% of the country is now vaccinated, which is a good thing. We're on our way. But common sense of the left side of my brain came into play, Lakina, that's the intelligent side of my brain for our new listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the common sense of side of my brain came up and it asked this question. With more people being vaccinated, are we going to need more quote-unquote vaccinated sections? Are we going to assume that most of the people that attend these games are vaccinated? And number two, this is the question that you brought up before we started recording. 
everybody's not going to get vaccinated. I, I think the way it's going right now, more probably more people than we thought are going to get vaccinated, vaccinated, which is a good thing for those of you that choose to be vaccinated. We're not going to tell you on the show whether you should get vaccinated or not, and we're not going to shame you either. So it's an individual decision that is up to you. You do it for yourself, not for anybody else. So we'll leave it with that. That's our little PSA, okay? But the more that people are getting vaccinated, Lakina, what is this going to lead to? Are we going to have more, quote, unquote, vaccination sections across, especially now with baseball season getting started, which is now three-plus weeks old? Are we going to start to see this as a trend throughout the country? I hope not, especially in our venues as things are starting to open up back up again slowly. This is going to be the future of outdoor concerts, play, Broadway plays, movie theaters, uh, sh- to show people, uh, to show uh, the, the to tell customers that if you're not vaccinated, you're not allowed. If that's the case, it's going to get real ugly. I hope it doesn't come become a trend. Of course, now it, this is only happening in the city of Los Angeles in the state of California because this is happening with the San Francisco Giants baseball team and the I forgot who else was doing it too. The San Diego Padres, yeah. their baseball club, uh, they have vaccinated sections. I hope it doesn't become a trend throughout the country. If it is, it's really going to be a problem. And you cannot force people to do what they don't want to do, okay? Now, I know I don't want to go too political on here. It's different with college kids to a certain extent. You're starting to see a little bit of rumblings, a little bit, as I said before in our interview with Sean Ray Stout a couple of weeks ago. Keep your eye on college football because if you want things to get back to normal, you want uh, the students to get vaccinated, and you, you're starting to see more of these colleges are requiring vaccinations for college students because, to get on campus. If you want to get back on campus, you have to be – it's a requirement to get vaccinated. I say uh, the NFL is going to be fine, but keep your eye on college football, okay? Now, keep your eye on the state of California because if this starts to become a train outside that state, it's going to be a problem. It's a recipe for disaster, as they exactly. say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the lot of states are going to do this. I, I, I don't see them doing it. I think – Look, I think if people are going to get vaccinated, fine. If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine, too. It should be by their own choice, not doing it, uh, not to cut you off, but uh, quoting the late great rapper Tupac, I don't want, uh, there are certain jobs that are going to trying to do this already, yeah. but I don't want states to follow this trend, uh, going around in some punk snitch way and, and saying, oh, uh, you don't have to get vaccinated, but if you want to do this, you better get vaccinated. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword right there. You you can't force people to do what they don't want to do. It's one of those things, Sid, where you kind of wonder, like, okay, what are they planning on doing here? Because there are, you mm-hmm. know, some colleges have said that, you know, some colleges have said that they're not going to do it. They're not going to ha- make their students get vaccinated. And although there are some colleges that are going to make their students get vaccinated. So, and, and I and look, I think this is sort of like, okay, everyone makes their own policies and that's fine. I mean, if you look at the NFL, I mean, you know, they're not going to let their guys, you know, their folks get vaccinated either, but you kind of have to be at the point where you can, you don't have to, you know, kind of like herb immunity, herb immunity, if you will, that, you know, if you want to lessen the um, the protocols and lessen, you know, some of the things that you can and can't do as it comes to film sessions and stuff like that, go through some of the, uh, the NFL Network guys' Twitter account, you know, guys like, you know, Ian Rappaport and Tom Palacero mm-hmm. and, and guys like that, you know, they're, they have a cover for you on their tweets, just go through their tweets, but I just don't see it happening here, Sitica. I think you're just asking for a lot of trouble. People are going to be, you're, you're already got folks, you know, complaining about their liberties are being, liberties are being violated because, you know, they got to wear a mask, they got to do this and that. Mm-hmm. But as far as the vaccines are concerned, look, folks are not going to get the vaccines for, for various reasons. 
You know, no mm-hmm. one should be shamed. We just gonna have to accept that. Mm. Yeah, no one should be shamed. No one you, you can't make folks look. If we get to a point where you get to herb immunity and you know, have which I work, think we will, which I think it will, I will with more and more you know vaccines available. Look, you can now do mm-hmm. walk-ins down here in Chicago. There's, there's, you can now go to sites where you can walk in since a lot of people mm-hmm. have gotten vaccinated. So, look, yeah. I mean, schools, you know, kids are gonna be able to get vaccinated now, so they'll be able to go back to school in the fall. I would say don't. You know, don't rush to do it this year because there's really no point because most some folks probably aren't going to be going back to school. I wouldn't you know, if I had a kid, I probably wouldn't let him, let them go back to school because you know, it's just too much right now. So let wait till, you know, things get air rate air out and stuff like that. And, you know, filtrations and stuff so people can and pe- other folks get vaccinated. So I'm not worried about that either. I don't see it happening here in Illinois. It, it's not or else if we would have had it, had it already. I don't think other states are going to follow the suit either. They're not. Yeah, it's not because we know the legal ramifications of it. The only reason why they're doing it in California because it actually works for them. And also, there was a bunny rabbit at a Giants game a couple of days ago. So <laughs> if a bunny rabbit can go to a game, you know, but it look fine. If you look, folks not going to, some folks not going to be aren't going to be comfortable going to a game or to a bar or to a restaurant or to a movie theater right now. And excuse me, I'm one of those people. Pardon me. And, and that's fine. Look, it, it's it's when you're right. But even still, if you're not going to get vaccinated, still wear your mask, wash your hands, and such. Just just do that. Yeah, we should be doing that anyway, even though if, whether you're fac- vaccinated or not. As we, we've seen throughout this pandemic, Lakina, there was a lot of nasty people. Yeah, <laughs> totally. A lot of nasty people. Hopefully we learn as a society uh, uh, fr- from this. Uh, as, you, as you know, Lakina, I'm ready to go right now. And so that doesn't mean that I don't, do not care less about my health than the next person. I care just about as much as about my health as, as, as getting back to some type of uh, normalcy like everybody else, okay? If the White Sox, when they do, not if, when they do, that's up to your mayor, uh, Mayor Lifer, and your governor, <laughs> Governor J.P. Prisker, the governor of the state of Illinois, which we're a broadcaster from the city of Chicago, state of Illinois. But it's up to your mayor and your governor, not if, when they open up, um, we loosen up the restrictions to open up to uh, uh, capacity uh, for our baseball teams, the Cubs and the Sox. I'm ready to go. So yeah. whether you're vaccinated or not, when those restrictions are loosened, not if, but when, I think it's going to move pretty quickly too once they do this. Uh, I'll, I'll be ready to go. I'm waiting to go back. We all haven't been back to a game in over a year. And so I'm ready to go and I'm, I'm as healthy as it can be. And I know there's been talking about letting the, some fans into the Bulls and Blackhawks games because we're three weeks away from the regular season being uh, uh, being concluded, Lakina. I know Mayor Lightfoot said earlier this week that uh, she's uh, she wants to allow fans in the, uh, in the arena uh, before the season's end. And I said this to uh, to Ray, so you can go back uh, at War Media right here on YouTube for our interview with her, with her, our conversation with her. And I said this, I had this sneaky feeling, and I think it looks like it's going to come to fruition if one of those teams make the playoffs. Uh, fans are going to be allowed at the United Center. Of course, that the United Center has been used, their parking lines have been used as one of many vaccination sites throughout the city. And so as long as the numbers continue to go down, which has been their rule, you should let some fans in. Of course, we'll see full capacity as far as indoor stadiums as we go into the fall. But I think you're still going to see full capacity uh, by late summer, maybe early fall for baseball because it's less likely that you're going to catch it outside. Okay. Let's have some common sense folks. Yes. So, but I'm, I'm ready to go right now. 
but uh, it, it's going to be a process. But I said, I said, I still say this by middle of the summer, you should be near full capacity for baseball games. And like I said, the NFL and like I said, college still watch out for, but the NFL is going to get one of the ones come to fall because uh, a whole lot more people are going to get vaccinated by then. And I'm sticking to my mind when I said it's going to be early fall. I think like right into like break of this late summer, early fall, right before fall, I think you'll see like full capacity at the very least since a lot of these stadiums and arenas all over the country for growth college and pro and also to baseball. I think right at the end of the season, you're going to be seeing a lot of it. So I think we get to reach urban immunity. So I think we'll, we'll be good. Just, just be patient folks. I know people are itching to get back to their normal lives, but let's just be We all are. Mm -hmm. Let's be patient and, you know, look, we're, we're almost there. We're right, we're right near the finish and their finish line is staring right at us. But I think we need to kind of just, just take it slow. Slow and steady runs the race, folks, to Taurus and the hair from one of my favorite books. <laughs> and on, on that note. <laughs> on that note, you follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at SK80. Once again, at SK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can catch Second City Sports right here on YouTube first at War Media every Monday and Friday. That's once again every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WAR Media. And you can still catch our audio version of this program. Via War on Anger, that's our podcast version every Tuesday and Saturday. Once again, every Tuesday and Saturday, our podcast version on War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, we're everywhere, including that iHeartRadio app. Type on all podcast platforms, type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And visit our website, W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com for more information. And thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. All right. So for said, I'm like, you know, like I said before, you know, keep wearing your mask, wash your hands, you know, and be good to each other if you're not going to get the vaccine. If you're going to get the vaccine, you know, be safe and <coughs> still do everything that you're supposed to do. Use common sense, people. Come on now. Yes. All right. So, you know, have a great weekend, everybody. You know, this is Second State Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you on Monday or Tuesday. Talk to you next week. Holla! <laughs>